Maryville University and Maryville Hockey present Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Caesars Entertainment. Nationwide or worldwide, there will always be a Caesars Resort in the center of the action. Verizon Wireless, this is 5G built right. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Championship taste for lunch, dinner, or a pregame feast. Maryville University and Maryville Hockey. Big city lifestyle, small school feel, first-class hockey experience. Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com for all of your hockey needs, on ice or in line. By OxyPow, our chemical-free line of cleaning product gets the funk out of your equipment or office. By M-Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You, M-Drive for energy, stamina, recovery. By the University of Arizona. And by Summer Skates. Show off your team pride with shower shoes and koozies for the whole squad at icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Maryville University and Maryville University Hockey Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is a part of the icetimehockeysw.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. All right, welcome in hockey fans, club hockey fans, or just hockey fans in general. Anywhere that you may be joining us live tonight on the Podbean app, this is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by Maryville University and the Maryville University Hockey Saints, uh, who have broken some really big news today. And Stephen Marsh and I will get into that in just a minute. Scott Strandy with you in Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host is always Stephen Marsh in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada, where I understand it's a balmy 60 degrees and uh, no wind and no sun. Uh, just comfortable. Am I right, Stephen? <laughs> well, you're you're right. That's what it is now. But it was about 72 today for a high in Las Vegas. Ooh. So we were, we were talking we're talking March weather, which is appropriate because we're going to be talking about some tournaments that are going to take place in March and April. So it's appropriate that we have that kind of weather. But yeah, it's uh, it was a nice day today, and uh, it's a nice evening well, too. And I hate to rub it in, but it was 82 and sunny for the last two days here in Phoenix. Well, you always know how to top us, top us down there in Arizona in, in more ways than one, if you know what I mean there. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I know what you mean. Oh, my goodness. Stephen, this COVID stuff, it's got to go away pretty soon, right? I mean, this can't just keep happening. Uh, I just found out today that the, uh, the Coyotes were supposed to play in Minnesota this weekend, and now that's been postponed because yeah, that ain't six, happening. <laughs> there's six Minnesota Wild players on yep. the COVID protocol. Um, we know in Vegas, they just came back to practice today, but uh, a couple of guys and some coaches didn't, or at least one guy and some coaches didn't show up for practice today. So we have no idea what that's going to bring for Friday night's game. Um, and then, of course, the Henderson Silver Knights are going to start and play their uh, official um, first ever home opener at the Orleans Arena Saturday night. I will be joining you there, fingers crossed. Uh, and uh, hope that uh, we can see some really good hockey action that goes all three periods. And hopefully every every uh, <laughs> test result comes back before the game, so we can we can know for sure if we can we, everybody oh. that's playing is is good to go. Oh man, if we can't laugh at this though, I think we'd all be crying because it's just pathetic. I don't know if you heard the news uh, from Arizona State, but they have uh, uh, the U.S. national team in town, and. Um, the, uh, the Sun Devils had their regular press conference yesterday, and the head coach Greg Powers said 
that everybody in his family has tested positive except him. So he has been uh, quarantined in his house watching practice via video feed. Uh, and he will not be on the bench on Thursday or Friday due to the COVID protocol. So there it is. The head coach, uh, he is tested negative. He uh, has no symptoms. Um, but everybody else in his family has tested positive, and his kids are, are, are uh, what I understand, are, are asymptomatic, and, and his wife, Jessica, I think has some mild symptoms. But, again, don't quote me on that one because I'm not certain on that. That's just what I heard uh, via the, uh, the ASU uh, media people. So, and, and that's what we always want to hope for. You know, we, we talk a lot about COVID. We talk about these numbers. We talk about, you know, they're, they're bad at times, of course. And, you know, we hear a lot of, of course, a lot of death and stuff. And, you know, there's always the back and forth about, about the seriousness of it. And, but we always hope that, you know, when someone gets a positive test, that it's, it's a, it's a, it's a very uh, minor case, hopefully no symptoms at all, but, if, if, you know, at least not be anything serious and fortunate for the Golden Knights situation that nothing got too serious there. And, we hope the San Jose player, the Barracuda player, that ended up being positive last week that resulted in that and rest of that game being postponed or canceled is is doing well as well. So that's what we always hope for. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it just shows you that it's we're in 2021, we're in February, and this is still uh, a topic of conversation. It's going to be for probably many more months as the vaccine is continuing to be rolled out. Okay, so so – I know we're going to talk club hockey here in just a minute, but there's so many things going on. Like, for example, the Arizona Coyotes have uh, have had fans in attendance and a limited number of fans in attendance. The uh, Phoenix Suns just announced tonight that they're going to start allowing about 1,700 fans in their building. So uh, they feel like they have the protocol in place to, uh, to be able to handle it. Uh, the Coyotes, as far as I know, have done a fairly good job within their building. I don't know about the rest of Arizona and, and what's going on out there, but within the building, I understand it's been it's been a pretty positive experience. So it's it's strange, Stephen, that there's so many different things going on, and that leads me to ACHA hockey because some places, as you know, are pushing forward and doing things, and uh, like in the North Dakota schools, Jamestown, Minot, uh, even Iowa State, and different places like that have uh, have just blown right through COVID, played all their games, done whatever. Uh, and then down here, uh, ASU was proactive and, and canceled the entire club sports uh, schedule for the entire school academic year. So it's just strange. And and, and we're going to get to the news in just a minute, but just your thoughts on how different that is. I mean, it's not, it's not like it's nationwide, even though the virus is. Right. I mean, that's, that's the big thing is it's not a, it, it's not a nationwide thing. You know, in some States it's, they are operating differently than others. I mean, it's not like there, there isn't the virus in, in Nevada. It's not in California or whatever. It's, it's, it persisted now in every, every state and without making it too much of a political thing, it's just, it's, that's a lot of what it's, it came down to is just how, you know, different States decided to handle. I think maybe, and without asserting my opinion too much in this, but I think maybe is maybe why sort of why we're in the position we're in is is maybe we didn't have this cohesive togetherness and and how to handle it uh, from state to uh, as a nation because it, it, it was left up to the states, which is which is good in a lot of cases, but um, without a lot of guidance, without as much guidance maybe as there, there could have been from from up top. But but yeah, it's it's just a situation that that we are find ourselves in, and some states are are more heavily populated than other states too, and 
And, you know, like a place like Nevada, you get a lot of people coming from other places. So that's always a, a, a risk there. And, and some states like North Dakota, you know, it's not very heavily populated, but now, you know, now they're getting the virus. They're pretty, pretty bad. So yeah, it just, it just shows you that, that no state was immune. I think early on, some states probably thought it wasn't going to really affect them because of maybe the size of the state and they could do a better job of containing, but people move, move around, even though we had a period of time where people were supposed to stay at home and, and that worked for a while, but then people started moving around again. And as people move around, so does the virus. So it's really tough to stop. And even with even trying to be safe, you know, we've, we've seen that it's, it's not a hundred percent. So it, until we can get vaccine into people, I think this is going to continue to be a, a situation. We just have to learn how to adapt and, uh, and, and, and work with it. I think, you know, the virus isn't going away. We want, we're tired of the virus, but the virus isn't tired of us. I've heard that said a few times. So, yeah, totally agree. Okay, before we again get into uh, ACHA hockey talk, we I like this build up, Scott. You keep building yeah. this up. We're going to get to it. We're yeah. going to get to it. Uh, okay, we, we do have news, and we're going to get to that in just a minute. But uh, I do want to talk a little bit about the difficulty of this starting and stopping, especially for professional athletes. I saw it mentioned around a lot around the Vegas Golden Knights today. It's like, how are you guys adapting to? being full bore game every other night, all of a sudden, bang, nothing for a week. And then you, you might go back to maybe two or three weeks of game every other night. And then all of a sudden you could run into another protocol, uh, COVID protocol, and you go, bang, another week off. How is that affecting not only the mental state, but the physical state of the players? Because, uh, yeah, I know we have an all-star break, and I know we have a winter break or whatever they call it in the NHL, but not like this. And not unexpected. I mean, you can see your all-star break coming up down the road uh, from the start of the season. You can't see this coming until it hits you, right? Yeah, that's true. And, yeah, you re referenced kind of what Mark Stone was saying today. He rep he said that, that you know, they have breaks during the season, so he didn't really feel like there was that much of a difference because they have a, bi a bye week. I think that was what you were looking for, a bye week in the – in the season and usually, and then they have an, an all-star break. So they usually get about three or four days where they're not out on the ice. And then in playoff series, a lot of times, if, if you don't, uh, if, if you sweep the series, there's a long period of time before you, you play it. But the difference with that is you're usually practicing this, of course, certain period, certain, certain periods, you're, you're not on, even on the ice. So, uh, but I do like what Mark Stone said about the road trips, because that, that's another thing too, is, you know, they talked about the, the schedule, now it's been adjusted again, obviously, with the games that were postponed for the Golden Knights, and they've been moved to different days, and some things had to be shuffled around. Now they're gonna their schedule's even more compacted maybe than it was. I think I think something about forty some games and ninety some days, so it's it's pretty pretty compact. And so going on the road, and actually Mark Stone, speak spoken like a true leader, he is. He said that he almost would rather play back to back because right, especially in a season like this, you're gonna go on the road and you're gonna be stuck in a hotel hotel room you can't do anything there's a lot of boredom and stuff so he almost would rather have a lot of these he said yeah it's going to be tough physically but mentally it's tough just to have a day in between and you, you can't do anything you got to be in your hotel because you're not really because of the protocols you can't really go out you can't you know can't interact you can't you can't uh, do all that so almost being able to play hockey it's not an, a, a usual situation where you're going to have so many games like this but in a season like that, yeah, you want to be able to play, but yeah, what happens is all of a sudden the season is halted, and you have to, and you have to uh, stop for a few days. But I think every team's in that same situation, so you just have to kind of, you kind of have to put up with it. But 
Okay, and everything you said is true. Uh, the thing that I worry about is is the ramping up and the ramping back down and the ramping up and ramping back down could cause some, so could cause some injuries. I think is what you, exactly. I think it could cause some. Is that what you're trying to get at? Yeah, I agree. That, with that. That's where I'm going with it. And you know, uh, in a shortened 56 game season, um, if you lose a guy for 10, 12 games, that's you know a fifth of the season. That that's uh, that, that's hard. It really is. Braden so, McNabb, Braden McNabb for the Golden yeah, Knights is going to be exactly. out for a period of time. But this is why you got these taxi squads. This is why you're going to have. This is why this is going to be really and and again why it's so nice and so convenient and so timely in, in a weird way that the Silver Knights are now into the fold here in the in Henderson because the Golden Knights they can tap into that. You know they just called up Caden uh, Korzak today from to the taxi squad. Uh, we don't know when he'll play. There's still the situation. If he, you know, M- Manny Viveros uh, talked about it in his press conference today that, you know, they, he might have to go back to the Ameri- uh, his Western Hockey League team in Western Canada if, if that season starts. But right now, he can get some time in with the NHL club. But it might give more players an opportunity to to get some work in with the NHL players because we might see some players go down for a period of time, whether it's a COVID thing or whether it's an, an injury thing. And so that's why you really got to utilize those squads too. Have the taxi squads available. And have a good, you know, you have your American Hockey League club readily available and ready to play. Totally agree with that statement as well. The only thing there is a difference between a rookie coming up to replace a veteran. And uh, your team has to adjust to it. Your coaches have to adjust to it. And there's not a learning curve uh, in a 56-game season. Uh, You can't afford to to lose two or three in a row because a couple of guys make make, – rookie mistakes or whatever. So it, it's going to be a challenge. And, and like you said earlier, Stephen, it's affecting everybody. So uh, you can't really, uh, you know, lean one way or the other. But uh, I just think that, that throughout the course of the season, it's going to be a real challenge. So we'll see what happens. Okay, let's take a quick break. Let's come back and let's talk some ACHA hockey and some news, really good news that broke, especially for our presenting partners at Maryville University. Stephen and I will be back in about four minutes. When looking for a place to continue your education, think of the boxes that Maryville University checks off. Big city access, Maryville is located in the St. Louis suburbs. Small school feel, Maryville's average class size is less than 15. Vibrant campus, Maryville is the second fastest growing private university in the country. With over 3,000 undergrad students on campus and more than 10,000 online, Maryville University is able to provide a cutting-edge, robust learning experience for the 21st century. From the sciences to education to business and more, our undergrad and graduate programs promise an individualized, hands-on experience that is truly crafted for today's student. For more information on our campus life programs, admissions, or more, Visit our website at maryville.edu. Hi, everybody. This is Jay from OxyPal. You probably know our products for being used on your gear to eliminate the odor and bacteria from your sports gear and and your gym and all that stuff. Um, In in light of current events, uh, we have uh, switched up and added a new product to our production line. It's called our Have a Nice Day Hand Sanitizer. Um, It is exclusively for use on your skin, whereas our other 
uh, products have been exclusively for use on your fabrics and, and, and gear. Uh, this product is available here at my shop. It's available on my website at www.oxypow.com. And you can pick it up or we can ship it to you anywhere in the United States. Wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No, stopping at Jesse Ray's barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. If you live in the Valley, you know that there are no shortage of options when it comes to eating Mexican food. But if you want authentic taste combined with a fair price and a relaxed atmosphere, then head to Burrito Express. From the breakfast burritos, which are served all day, to the combination plates for lunch, Burrito Express delivers that homemade taste you would expect from your own kitchen. Try all of our authentic Mexican recipes at any of our six East Valley locations, from Scottsdale to Gilbert and all points in between. ASU alumni owned and operated since 1995, Go to burritoexpress.com and check out our menu or find a location to order for fast pickup or delivery. UNLV Rebel Hockey, located in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, is proud to partner with Ice Time Hockey Southwest. As a premier ACHA Division I university, UNLV offers a unique chance to play college hockey. Experience a pro setting in Hockey Mad Las Vegas while you earn your degree in any of our over 300 majors in one of the world's destination cities. If this sounds right for you, then visit us at rebelhockey.com to get your future started today. Your hometown hockey team, your Western Collegiate Hockey League champions, your Arizona Wildcats. Tickets for Arizona hockey are now on sale. Support your Wildcats as they battle ASU for another Cactus Cup championship and more at the Tucson Arena. Your hockey team, your Arizona Wildcats. Call 791-4101 for tickets now. All right, and we're back. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona tonight. And my co-host, as always, Stephen Marsh, joining me from beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada, where we're experiencing, as Stephen alluded to uh, at the beginning of the show, uh, March weather temperatures right now as opposed to um, February temperatures. So um, welcome. <laughs> we'll take it. Uh, Far cry from the snow and the really cold that we had a couple of weeks ago. It's completely flipped around, it seems like, in just a period of two weeks. But that's that tends to be how it can operate this time of year. And if my, my co-host from Sunday and Tuesday night, Paul Hornstein, is listening, Paul, we feel for you out there in New York with those 25 <laughs> inches of yeah, snow. Yeah, we shouldn't and, be complaining uh, about the weather, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I asked him how the weather was last night, and he said, 
put your head in a deep freeze and you'll know what it feels like. <laughs> oh, man. And at the same time, I was texting him pictures of my car thermometer showing 81 <laughs> and 82 degrees. And I said, please send cool, we- cool water, weather, as anything. As you're sitting there in your shorts cool. and, and your flip flops <laughs> or your, your, your summer skate sandals there, you know, just with, yeah. just sitting there by the pool and, and they're in the freezing <laughs> snow up there on the East Coast. So. Yeah, okay. All right. So, so news broke today and uh, you sent it to me first. I knew it was coming, but uh, you broke it. So you tell everybody what in the world's going on with the ACHA and is there going to be a national tournament in the, at least the ACHA D1 r- ranks? Well, that's what they're planning for. That's it was announced uh, today that they are going to have the uh, Division One tournament national championships. Uh, it's going to be held in April of 2021, and that's going to be held in St. Louis, uh, Chesterfield, uh, Missouri, to be exact. And as you mentioned, Maryville University, our presenting partners for this show, they are going to be the hosts uh, for this uh, this national tournament. And so that's it's going to be held at the Maryville University Hockey Center there in Chesterfield, uh, Missouri, uh, from April 15th to the 20th. And uh, as we know that the 2021 uh, national tournament was going to be held in Massachusetts, but of course the ACHA uh, was, because of the pandemic, forced to move this uh, division or to move this tournament, excuse me, to a, a more smaller regional uh, division specific events you know normally they 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 have everybody in one spot all the divisions men's and women's in, in one place and 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 they do it that way but this year obviously they're going to they're going to divide it up into different areas so the the, the men's division one are going to be in in maryville it's, it's there in st louis area uh, we should mention that the 2022 is hoping that we'll be back in They'll combine it once again, and they're planning on resuming that at the Centene Community Ice Center in St. Charles. And then, of course, in 2023, because they didn't get to do it this year, it will be back in, uh, in in Massachusetts. They'll get their chance to do it in New England Sports Center in Marlboro, Massachusetts in 2023. So they're going to get a crack at it at, at that time. Um, so that's – what we don't know yet is the format for that yet. That's still to be determined and the structure of how that's going to work. Of course, it depends on how many teams end up playing. If more can, <laughs> how many, more can, more can end up because we're still at a point where maybe there'll be some teams I can still jump on board and play some games in February or March, and then maybe you can decide that. But if it's maybe stays at the current field, it, you know, however they're going to do it. But my guess it's probably not going to be the twenty teams that we normally see. Certainly, probably more of a smaller, uh, smaller uh, range, a smaller um, field. But we'll see. But they're still all looking at that, all that, and uh, this is from Craig Barnett. He says in, in the piece here, uh, we are currently working with local healthcare authorities in the area to develop a COVID-19 mitigation plan for the tournament in an effort to ensure the health and safety of all student athletes, coaches, staff, and visitors. And of course, they hope to have those details finalized and announced in the coming weeks. So we'll of course pass that along to you if we get anything on that front. But that's for the D1, and of course the other divisions too um, announced what they were going to do as well. Want me to get into that, or how do we want to do that? Yeah, well, I'll I'll tell you one thing that I saw, and I'm thankful that uh, our a our Division One women's teams are not from this area at least are not competing right now because, uh, and nothing against North Dakota, but hey, it's snow and it's cold and it's difficult to get to. Uh, Minot is hosting the women's Division One level, so if Arizona State or Utah 
or uh, Grand Canyon, any of those schools would have earned an opportunity to go there. I was planning on sending you, Stephen Marsh, up to oh, North Dakota to cover oh, that. Oh, you? I, you weren't going to send me to St. Louis, huh? <laughs> I didn't say that. I just said I was going to send you to Minot for sure. So you can well, see I can't what, be too, can't I want be two you to places. feel what it's really like. Can't be at two places at once because they're both in the same time frame. So uh, you can't split me in half and send half of me to uh, to uh, St. Louis and half of me to North yeah. Dakota. I don't think that worked too well. I'm just having some fun with everybody. We love North Dakota. We love Minot. They're a very capable place of holding the national tournament. April, it may not uh, be too bad. It may be. I mean, it's probably still uh, very cold, but it's not January, February, November, December cold. So it, it might be a little bit more tolerable. Okay. You gave me this. You gave me this okay. beautiful. Uh, you gave me this beautiful CCM ice time <laughs> jacket the last time you saw me here. That it, I'm surely I would probably have to try it out if I had to go to North Dakota this time of year. Okay, you just keep telling yourself that that the weather's great up there in April, well, and, and and you enjoy well, it. Certainly, that, okay? certainly, not, certainly, well, certainly couldn't. Be, I mean, it, it's certainly not as bad as it is right now. I mean, it's probably a little bit better okay. in April. I hope. Oh, oh, okay, well, in that, in any case, I think our direction this year is going to be St. Louis, Missouri, and more more accurately, uh, accurately, I should say, uh, Chesterfield, Missouri, the home of. Uh, the Maryville Saints and our and our great hosts here at uh, Club Hockey Southwest Weekly and uh, partners, the Maryville Hockey Center, Maryville University, Maryville uh, Hockey Saints, uh, and they've been playing some games, Stephen. They've uh, they've been doing some battles with some some pretty good teams out there in their area. Yeah, they have. They've been they've been they've been holding strong, and uh, you know, would be nice if. Maybe they can get a spot in the uh, in the tournament. Who knows? I mean, there's not as not as many teams playing uh, this year. They 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 might have a chance to 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 get a spot in the tournament. I mean, that'd be kind of nice if if they are playing this season, which which they've started playing, and if they can get a spot in the in the tournament since they're hosting it. You know, it reminds me of just what we've seen with the NFL for the first time ever. The the team that's in the Super Bowl is playing in their home stadium. You know, so it's kind of you know it's crazy to think about that the that happened there and it'd be great if, if Maryville who's going to be hosting this event, maybe they get a spot in the field, but we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. So, so that's, what's going on. We also know that in our area, uh, UNLV of course is out for this year. ASU is out for this year, but both the men and the women. So we got to, so that's one less chance because the ASU women are not going to be able to participate. So their season's canceled. And uh, the University of Arizona is still holding out hope. They have ice now because the uh, the Roadrunners have ice in for their season. So that's a good thing for Coach Berman and uh, and his team. And Danny Roy and the Grand Canyon um, Lopes are uh, practicing and going through drills and, and trying to prepare for something. Uh, here's the unique thing, and, and I'm going to have Danny on here in the next week or so uh, to talk with him directly about this, but um, – if your team is cleared to play, and this was the thing as we mentioned last week and the week before and the week before with UNLV, if your team is cleared to play at home, but nobody can come to play you, what good is that going to do? Yeah, that's the challenge that that they're going to have. I mean, they might not have the, as much of a restriction that, that they couldn't travel, but that was certainly going to be the case with UNLV, and I think – it's partly Utah's prop, uh, issue as well. I don't, I don't know if that's been resolved yet, but it was that it, they could probably play at home, and but then you know if they were going to have to travel, or they wouldn't have been able to travel, it would have been it'd been tough to to be 
say have a team come here and, and but you can't go anywhere. So uh, that's that's a big thing. But I, I think it's going to be real interesting because if if they can get the season going, and we're waiting to see what what Utah's situation is going to be too. If the you know I think they're still hopeful that they can get a season in. Then yeah, who who are you gonna who are you gonna I guess you're gonna play those teams a bunch of times maybe and and maybe play some other teams that are obviously currently playing. Um, I'm sure Minot and so, sure so, so, but it's, so that's the challenge. I I think what's gonna have to happen is if uh, if Utah is cleared to play and GCU is cleared to play and Arizona is cleared to play, I think they need to find a spot where they can um, do like a mini pod or mini bubble and maybe play you know, a half a dozen games uh, in a week's period somewhere, maybe on their quote-unquote spring break or something, uh, find some time to, to, to go somewhere. You know, they were talking about playing a, a conference tournament right here in Phoenix. So maybe maybe they all come here for a, a week and they try to get uh, some round-robin games in or something. I don't know. I'm just thinking yeah, you, you would like here, You would like that, wouldn't you? You would like to be right there in your back door <laughs> so you wouldn't have to keep driving and get miles on that uh, – that car of yours there. Uh, and be... I, I, I don't mind the drive, but like I said, I think they should find a neutral site somewhere and play some games. And maybe they're talking about that. I don't know. Um, the other thing we did uh, mention, I think last week's show, Stephen, was you said that the Colorado, Colorado state was definitely out. Correct. That was, yes, that was what my understanding was from, uh, from listening to the, the WCHL podcast with uh, Chris Berry, of course, is the commissioner of the WCHL. They do a regular podcast and, and he, uh, he he mentioned that as they were discussing the how things were progressing with the season. Um, Colorado, they, they don't think they're they're optimistic about them, but I don't think they've officially announced that they're going to be out. Uh, but they were their challenge was going to be, I believe, what was the challenge going into the season was that they weren't going to have their normal facility to play. They they, they play right there on campus at the at the rec center there, beautiful place, and they have so they have an ice rink set up in there. But I believe it wasn't going to be uh, an option for this season. I, if I'm under if I'm I'm correct on that. Um, so that was going to be a challenge. So I'm not sure if they're going to get in Colorado. I believe it's still pretty. I mean, they're not not shut down, but I I don't think they're they're in a position where they're as open up as maybe like in Arizona or other states are. So I, I I would think it's going to be a challenge for for them to to get something in. But uh, but I haven't officially announced anything. So yeah. So I guess really we're just kind of waiting on if that's the case. We're just waiting on to see what's going to happen with Utah and with uh, with. GCU and U of A, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I believe you're 100% correct on that. Okay, today is also, let me see if I can get this right, Girls and Women in Sports Day. Am I right? I believe so, yeah, National Girls and Women in Sports Day. National Girls and Women in Sports Day. So congratulations to all the girls and women. I I wanted to, to, to touch on this, obviously, because... Um, you know, our, our girls' population in hockey has grown and grown and grown here in the Southwest. Fastest growing in any market right now in, in Arizona as far as USA Hockey goes for girls' hockey. And um, when I mentioned that, the Arizona Kachinas hockey team, which, again, has been playing right through COVID, I don't know how they're doing it. I, I don't know. God bless them for being able to. But they went Knock to, on wood that they can continue to play. Yeah. That's, that's great that they're able to, to get – Get the games in. Okay, so they went to um, somewhere in Texas, I think Austin, Texas, and they brought three teams and or four teams in four different age groups. I think twelve U, fourteen U, sixteen U, and nineteen U, if I'm not uh, mistaken on that. 
and all four teams came home with championships. Um, how's that for, for dominating somewhere? Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, I think it's so great with with this. Uh, we're recognizing women in sports and, and certainly our focus, of course, with hockey and, and just how much that uh, it has grown and, and how much more women have been championed and, and how much are, they're involved in the sport now. Uh, just just give people a little bit of a, a background in case people aren't familiar with how this this holiday, I guess, or this this recognition day uh, started. It actually started back in 1987. It's your history lesson for the day. There will not be a quiz later, but maybe you'll learn, people will learn <laughs> today. Uh, February, maybe a Jeopardy question one of these days. Maybe when you're on, if you ever make it on Jeopardy, you can you'll have this clue, and then you'll say you learned it on our show. So that would be great. Anyway, so uh, February 3rd, 1987, was signed by President Ronald Reagan. Uh, he signed this proclamation uh, for this uh, this recognition of National Girls and Women in Sports Day. Now, it's sometimes it's celebrated on the fourth, and sometimes the third. I don't understand why, why that's the case, but because it actually was set for the fourth, but it recognized on the third, which is when he did it. So, so yeah. And then, of course, we talk about Title IX a lot, which is, of course, what's used in the NCAA athletics to kind of give a fair balance between between the men and the in the women. So, so yeah, it's certainly come a long long way, and and certainly in sports as we in all aspects, but certainly at the college level, it's, it certainly has made a big deal, but it's, it's great to see that they were able to do that. They went to Texas and they, and they had quite a, quite a successful, quite a successful run there and uh, brought home some hardware. I'm just looking at the Twitter feed now. And oh, they brought, they brought home some beautiful Texas size hardware and some Texas size medals were on those necks. I got to well, they do it big in Texas. They week. do it big in yeah. Texas, as they say. So they brought home that big hardware back, back to, Arizona. So I'm looking at the picture now of, of one of the teams here, and I, I just see the smiles on their faces, and it's it's just a great uh, a great thing. And and I think that's what you know we, we see a lot of the pros, and obviously a lot of, of of the men's side of things. But but you can see the joy that these these girls and and, and young ladies have as they as they get to play the sport that they love, and they and they get to do it. And there's certainly in these times when it's it's certainly an unsure thing at times if you get to even play games and. And to be able to do what they did, it's it's quite remarkable. And so, what it really is, we recognize girls and women in sports today to uh, to give them a little bit of a shout out and, and kudos to them for what they were able to accomplish. And, and I I don't know if you knew this, Stephen, but uh, right here in Arizona, Lindsay Fry, our uh, I call her the first lady of Arizona hockey. I have her name uh, written down. It she popped. That was a name that popped in my head earlier. Lindsay Fry. Yeah, that's right. And, and but here's what she's done. They've uh, the Coyotes have elevated her to color commentary for the. Uh, Coyotes radio broadcast with Bob Heathouse. So uh, Lindsay and, and Fry look, is now the, right. the commentator. And look at AJ Malesko, who has become a, a national name on the NBC broadcast, and she does, I think, some Islander games there in the New York area. You know, she. I think we started really seeing her do color commentary for the women's teams in the Olympics, and she's obviously well known of the sport, and and she's gets some airtime on NBC regularly now, especially during the playoffs. We also have Kendon Cole Schofield, who's a, another name nationally that is, is bought on the NHL network, and we, and we see her represent, uh, talking about the game as well on a national level and local level. So uh, that's great to see too, yeah, and uh, the broadcasting world too, to, to see women have success like, like these, these women are and, and to be able to, to, to do that because that's, that's, that's certainly breaking a barrier, I think. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And uh, in addition, of course, we talk about the growth of, of girls hockey in the Kachinas program, but that filters up 
if you will, to the college ranks because ASU has really grown unbelievably over the last five years uh, under Lindsay Ellis, and so has Grand Canyon under Natalie Rossi. They they both uh, just swelled in their uh, number of girls that are interested in playing hockey uh, well going on in their uh, college careers. And, of course, um, we had a chance to uh, to visit with uh, Miss Yo up in uh, uh, Utah a couple of weeks ago, and her program continues to grow too. So um, it, it, it's, it's fun to see. It's good to see it. It's long overdue, and we just hope that things continue to go and, and grow as they are right now. Okay, so – with the ACHA hockey just a little bit on the back burner still. I mean, I know there's news, but we're still waiting for games here in the Southwest that we can talk about and and players and that are uh, performing at high levels. So in, in absence of that, let's take a little bit of time again to talk AHL hockey. Let's take another quick break, Stephen. Let's come back and talk a little bit about the Henderson Silver Knights, the uh, Tucson Roadrunners, and, of course, the Colorado Eagles in about two minutes. So Scott, one thing before you before you hit the brakes sure. there, uh, before you roll the, yeah. the the promos there, uh, we do want to mention the, the other the other divisions uh, did announce some news. The, the division two, just so people are, have this in their in their minds, division sure. two. Sure, go ahead. They announced that in Bismarck, so they're, they're North Dakota is going to get another the city of Bismarck and, and Menden, North Dakota are going to host the men or the men's division two, uh, same time frame. Uh, the University of Mary will host that, and then, and then the Division Three men's Division Three and the women's Division Two, uh, they 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 canceled their tournament. So that that way we understand men's we will recap men's D one and be Maryville in St Louis area, the um, men's uh, Division Two be in Bismarck and slash Menden North Dakota. We mentioned the men, women's one will be in uh, Minot North Dakota, and the men's Division Three and women's Division Two tournaments are not going to take place. So just so that we can have all that out there and our viewer listeners can, can know exactly how the ACHA plans on going with the national tournament at all levels. Very well done, my friend. I'm glad you brought that up because that is important news to get out there. We will take that break now. We'll come right back and, uh, and we'll be talking more hockey, but this time it'll be AHL, the American Hockey League, about ready to drop the puck in just a couple of days. Looking for a big school college hockey experience in a small school setting? Then Maryville University could be for you. Playing in the brand new 2,000-seat Maryville University Hockey Center, the Saints enjoy a first-class athletic experience as the men compete against ACHA powers such as Lindenwood, Central Oklahoma, and Missouri State. This year, the D1 men's team will start their third season of competition, adding an ACHA D2 men's team, as well as a new ACHA D1 women's team. All three teams will call this two-sheet, 84,000-square-foot arena home and give any player a varsity-level feel. Located in the suburbs of St. Louis, Maryville is the second-fastest-growing private university in the country and offers both a world-class education and a first-class athletic experience. For more, go to MaryvilleSaints.com. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best-tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. 
Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails. Whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S. Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Award-winning taste since 2011. Free game like a pro, host game like a champion at College Bar and Grill. Located in downtown Tempe at 740 South Mill Avenue, College Bar and Grill is the place for the best local craft beers, tasty food, and Tempe's best atmosphere for Arizona State Athletics. A short walk from Sun Devil Stadium or Desert Financial Arena. Stop by for lunch or dinner, game day or any day. College Bar and Grill. All right, we're back. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona tonight. My co-host, Stephen Marsh, joining me from beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephen, we talked ACHA hockey as much as we could. We talked women's hockey and girls' hockey on National Girls and Women's in Sports Day, the National Girls Women in Sports Day. And uh, now it's time to talk a little ACHA. Uh, ACHA, we just did that. How about AHL, a uh, little uh, minor league professional hockey, um, because things are kicking off this weekend. Uh, the Henderson Silver Knights will uh, get underway on Saturday night. I plan on being up there for that. Uh, the Eagles will also get underway this weekend, and the Roadrunners, I believe, have to uh, wait just a little bit longer because of the COVID protocols, so um, they will get underway as well. But um, when we talk uh, Henderson Silver Knights hockey, and uh, and you've seen it up close and personal now a little bit longer than I have. I saw a couple of practices. You've seen quite a bit more, and uh, preseason game and two thirds. <laughs> so so what what has been your thoughts, Stephen, of the quality of play in the American Hockey League um, prior to the start of the season? Well, I think it's. It's certainly up there uh, in quality. It's hard to kind of gauge after a couple of pre preseason games, but it it's pretty uh, it's pretty nice. I mean, you you look at these players and the excitement of to be out on the ice. You know, they've been asked, and I asked a few of the players. You know, what in the Zoom calls? You know, what you know? A lot of times you're excited about a season starting uh, anyway, but with the last what the last year has been like, and 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 a lot of these people, it's been so long since they've been able to play a game. You know, is it even more excitement than, than normal for a season, knowing that you're going to actually get to play some games that, that mean something? And and they are. They're excited. They they're, they can't wait for this season to, to begin. You can see the excitement on the ice on Friday and Saturday. Um, they were bummed they couldn't finish the game Saturday. Actually, they were. They, they would have loved to finish the game on on Saturday. So did all the people that were in the building, which you know was media and uh, broadcast and everything like that, and the players obviously. But and it was it was good to see that we're in the swing of things, and we'll hopefully get into the swing of things with the AHL season. The Canadian teams in the American Hockey League won't be able to start yet, but everybody else in the American Hockey League will be starting. And it's not going to be a long season, only 40 games for the most part. It's a couple of teams are playing a little, a couple of games less than that, but um, maybe some teams are playing more. I don't know about it, the whole AHL, but I know 
a lot of the teams in our area they're playing 40 game schedules and yeah, i think a 40 game schedule is kind of what they shot for and i think some teams have 38 and maybe we'll try to sneak in two more games but again it's going to be up against the protocol right i mean we saw it in action you saw it in person last saturday night when the uh the protocols came out so for those that didn't listen to us on Monday, first of all, shame on you. And second of all, uh, Stephen, tell us a little bit. And I about- apologize because I was getting excited there. We made the show go 10 minutes long. I'm sure Terry, who's running us the show, she's probably lot to watch it. We got to get off. We got to get in this show already. We want to keep it to an hour. <laughs> okay. So now that you've had a can- chance to recap it Monday night, recap it for us again uh, in short version, if you can, what happened Saturday night and uh, if you'd ever seen anything like that in your life before well the second part of that question would be would be no not in person i mean we've been seeing it we saw it last year when with the initial snowball of everything kind of shutting down with with what happened in the nba and then all these teams you know postponing games and conference tournaments which which had started for basketball decided to to stop and not even proceed forward and then you know now what we've seen with games being postponed but not to see a game uh after two periods be be postponed uh because of covid protocol so basically what happened we got two periods in was one nothing silver knights the players came out onto the ice well the silver knights players came out on the ice i hadn't didn't really realize at the time that the the not really all the whole san jose team came out on the ice but a couple of them started to come out on the ice and then they the officials said for everybody to get off the ice so they everybody gets off the ice and then we're just kind of sitting there wondering what's going on and then then the officials went off the ice for a minute, and then they came back onto the ice, went over to, you know, the area where the PA guy sits and the and, and the judges there that help run the scoring or whatever, the, the time and everything. And and they were telling them what was going on, and, and then they left the ice, and then they were packing up their stuff inside the glass there, and nobody was saying anything over the, the, the PA. So you just kind of wonder, this, what's going on here? And then I couldn't really see it from where I was – I was kind of behind the benches and up a, up high up in the top of section 107, but we had some TV people that were over on the other side. You get a better shot of the, the benches and everything. And one of the news guys was getting videos of of the bench being sprayed down by the San Jose equipment people, and and so you kind of when you look at that, you can kind of maybe put two and two together why they would be doing that. Then the announcement comes in over the the PA that because of COVID protocols, the rest of this game has been suspended. You suspended, but really canceled. I think suspended would be the word to use if you try to intend to make it up at some point. Uh, but obviously, with it being a preseason game, and you just cancel the rest of the game. Uh, but that begs the question: you know, what happens if this happens in a regular season game? But we discussed a little bit of that well, on Monday. If people want to go back and, and listen to that, or we can talk about it briefly here. But. <laughs> well, uh, I'll say two things that that uh, were most disappointing. Uh, from my end of it. And I was getting your feed uh, via text and I was also listening to uh, the great Brian McCormick and uh, shout out to Brian for a great job he's doing. By the way, he's getting Mike McKenna as his color guy. Now I, they officially announced today. So that's, that's right for the, cool for the home uh, games. I don't know, <laughs> at least for the home games that are going to be on TV here, the, the local yeah. ILV TV station here is, is good. Sinclair uh, uh, channel three affiliate here or NBC affiliate here is going to, they're going to air some games and they're going to be on, local tv here as well as all the games will be on the ahl package the live package but people at home here in and, las vegas and by the way let me throw that out too the ahl package is available this weekend for free 
for so free. There's no exactly. reason for you not to watch it this so weekend those, and see so, what's going on. That's right. So people that okay, are not so, in the Henderson area will be able to watch the game that way as well. But yeah, go ahead. Okay, <laughs> so, get that plug so out of the way. Two, yeah, the two things that got in in my craw, if you will, was how how and why does it happen after two periods of hockey? Because uh, here's the thing. If you have everybody cleared prior to starting the game, then finish the game. Because as I said Monday night, uh, whatever damage is going to be done has been done. And that third period isn't going to make any difference. So if you have to, in referee terms, swallow your whistle, swallow the news for a period, uh, do it unless unless the the person is you know ill, then obviously I get it right. So that's the first thing is how did they uh, decide that they were going to make an announcement between the second and third period that somebody tested positive? I mean that that to me that's just no excuse for that. That that should not have happened. So number one, I think they will fix that before the start of the regular season, and uh, it, it won't go that way. It'll either they'll either play the whole game or they won't play any of the game. Uh, and then secondly, as I told you Monday night, uh, I felt for Dylan Ferguson, the goaltender for the Henderson Silver Knights, because he uh, was scheduled to play the second half of the game, and he played the second half of the second period. I thought, from what I heard, he sounded like he was really on top of his game and had a chance to come out play the third period and really get some more minutes in and, and, and improve his game because he hadn't played any AHL games at that point. He played, I think, nine minutes a few years ago with the uh, the, the Golden Knights, but that was it other than ECHL hockey. So I felt bad for Dylan, and like I said, I was really frustrated with the AHL that they would do something like that in the uh, second and third periods because there really is no excuse for it. Either you can start the game or you can't, but there's no reason to, to bring up protocols in the middle of a game. That's just me. Well, I... Good points there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really, I guess I want to, I'll go back to what happened in the World Series. You know, here you had this great uh, baseball playoffs. They did it in the in the bubble atmosphere as best they can. And, uh, well, in Texas there. And, and they get all the way to the final game of the World Series. And we, we don't, but this is the difference here, though, is at some point, uh, Justin Turner for the LA Dodgers was obviously removed from the game. But it wasn't until after they, they finished the game and the Dodgers won and they celebrated. And, of course, he come, and then there's the whole thing about him coming back out. But that's not the point I'm trying to make here. The point is then right after that, Fox, the guy in the studio, comes on and says, breaks the news about this, this positive test. But they finished the game at that point. You know, the game was over with. The Dodgers had won. Now, if the Dodgers hadn't won, it would have been interesting to see how they would have proceeded. But but uh, if they had to play another game. But the Dodgers had won the championship and they, they had all that. But, but, yeah, they obviously removed – Justin Turner from the game at some point because they got that positive result, but then they still were able to to finish the rest of the game. Now, it's 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 not a complete fair comparison because baseball and hockey are a little bit different. I mean, baseball is a little bit more spread out, so maybe and they're and I think they're supposed to be wearing masks in the dugout or whatever, but there's not as much of a of a close contact maybe. Although you're in the dugout, but you're supposed to be spaced out there. And and baseball, it's not right up on each other, other than when at certain times, but. Uh, but hockey, obviously, it's a little bit more of a closer contact sport, and, and it's indoors and everything. So there's different factors, but but yeah, it's the same. It's kind of a similar thing. They find out in the third period that this player tested positive, and then they decide that uh, as part of the protocol that they, they cannot proceed fo- forward with the rest of this game. So yeah, it's almost kind of like it's unfortunate that it happened, and because of the Silver Knights didn't get a full 
you know, San Jose, and they still had some preseason games schedule, obviously didn't take place, but San Jose had already had some They'd already played games. some. Yeah. They already played some of the Silver Knights, which was the two and only preseason games that they were going to have, and they only got to play five periods, and then you didn't get to play that sixth that six period of hockey. But, uh, but maybe it was a fortunate thing that something like this happened, and I, and I say that because it, it gave the AHL a chance to say, look at this and say, how did this happen, as you said, and why did it happen, and and what can we do so it doesn't happen in a regular season game? So, I mean, because this was obviously a first instance of it in the, in the American Hockey League, as, as far as I'm aware. So, um, you know, then, but it was strange. And, and players were asked by, about that at, at the, at the media availability, the sweep of the Silver Knights. And, of course, they took a couple extra days off after that game Saturday. They didn't practice on Sunday. Monday they were going to, but they decided to take the extra day. They were back on the ice Tuesday, and, and the coach. The other storyline too is the coaches, because of what they had. They were on the Golden Knights bench the other night, uh, the uh, last Tuesday, a week from Tuesday, this past Tuesday, obviously. They were on the Golden Knights benches, and then of course, they were on the the, the bench after all that. So they, out of caution and protocol, probably protocol too, they didn't be around their teammate, their players, for the rest of that week. And so that made Derek England come in out of the bullpen, so to speak, or and use a baseball term there, and to and to fill in as a coach behind the bench. So that was another storyline too that came from this. But it's it's just uh, storylines all over the place. Storylines all over the place. But you know, it's 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 uh, okay. it, it, what 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 was what are going to not be? But maybe it shouldn't have been a a very eventful. I mean, great that they were going to have. We read that they were going to have preseason games. It was the first ever exhibition game in the history of the Silver Knights, um, and they got the you know first ever goal in Silver Knights exhibition history. As we do, there was all that, and then of course the storyline with Derek England that resulted because of the co- the Silver Knights coaches and they being helping out with the Golden Knights in that situation. And then of course the co- then we know COVID, which has been such a storyline in sports overall. That became a factor in, in that game. So it's just it's okay. Story storylines so- abound. So while you were talking, uh, they wheeled in this huge soapbox into uh, the room <laughs> that I'm in, and they said, climb on this soapbox, Mr. Strandy, and tell us what you think to end this segment. So here's what I think, um, and, and this is my opinion, folks. Uh, as I see the vaccine being rolled out, and I see everybody wanting to get back to normal, and I see the economy struggling, and I realize that uh, professional sports is an economy driver. I also realize that professional sports is a um, revenue generator. And I realize that professional sports is a, um, how shall I say this, a business that can be relatively self-contained, as we saw in the pod in um, Toronto and Edmonton uh, this past fall. So that being said, The vaccines are coming out. I believe everybody in the country should be vaccinated. I understand that you want to have some protocol for for the uh, first responders and the healthcare workers. I get it, right? But now you're starting to get into this category where you're talking about um, 50-year-olds and 65-year-olds and whatever, uh, which I get also, okay? But you also want people to accept the, the vaccine and trust the vaccine. So uh, among your healthcare workers, and today I saw in Arizona anyway, they were talking about the clergy um, and, and all of uh, 
the people that public figures that you could get vaccinated so that the general public, um, for lack of a better term, wants to be like Mike, if I use a professional sports term. So why would you not uh, vaccinate the professional hockey players, basketball players, football players, whatever, why would they not become a priority? Because there's a finite number of them, right? We know how many there are. Um, and you could get them vaccinated, and then you wouldn't have this protocol stuff going on if you had the the, the coaches, the uh, trainers, the doctors, the players all being vaccinated right away um, and get them protected. Now you've got an economy driver, right? Because games aren't going to get canceled. There's not going to be, you're not going to be missing TV and ad revenue. Um, all of these things are going to happen. And then start working your way through the rest of the general public because it's a very easy thing to do. The, the professional teams have their own trainers and doctors on staff. Um, you could get them the vaccine. It's a small amount in relation to everything else, but it's an area that you could vaccinate them quickly and, and keep professional sports going so that, that people could spend money on it, whether it be on TV packages or advertising or whatever it may be. So anyway, uh, I did that quickly. They took the soapbox away. I fell down, sprained my ankle, but the soapbox is gone. Um, <laughs> your thoughts on, on my comments? No, I... I I think it's, it's certainly oh, a, you, you were almost speechless there for a minute. You were thinking, how do I answer this? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I wanted to touch that with a 10 foot pole. I don't know, but, uh, <laughs> but touch it. I, Give me your opinion. Why would that not be a, a smart way to do it? Because you're not talking about millions of people here. You're talking about a very limited number of people that you could vaccinate quickly and games would go on and advertisers would get their revenue and TV broadcasts would continue. And you could do it without affecting anything else because it would all be done in-house by their own professionals. Well, you have to, you have to factor in that it, the two vaccines that are out there right now, although there's a third one that could be out soon is a two shot one. So you got to get one dose and then three weeks Four weeks later, you get the second dose. The other thing right now, and of course, it's trying uh, to get, I, okay. get fixed I, I, is... I get that. Ahead. I get that. But you have professionals. You send in the vaccine for the number of people that you have in your organization, which, again, is a finite number. Even if you go all the way to ticket salespeople and salesmen and, and um, you know people like that, it's a very small number. Ship it to the teams. Get them vaccinated. Three weeks later, get them their second shot, and guess what? You're free, hopefully, that that vaccine takes in, takes over, and, and the teams are free to go play. Yeah, and then and then the other well, – you know, we've got a big game coming up on Sunday in, in the NFL, of course, and, and one of the things that they're doing I think that's is wonderful is they invited vaccinated healthcare workers to go to the Super Bowl and be in the attendance, and that's – that's great because they've been vaccinated, so there's hopefully not a, a big risk of them getting really sick. And then obviously they're what we celebrating healthcare workers for what they did the last year. But it kind of goes along with your point: if, if people get vaccinated, if the players get vaccinated, then there's not as much of a fear or risk of of getting um, whether you can still get infected. We don't know, but at least you did. That at least the vaccine would be effective enough to prevent you from getting a serious illness. And so then if 
if somebody has the virus, then maybe they can still play, even if it's you know whatever. But well, and, but the bigger the bigger picture on that, Stephen, is not only the revenue part of it, but if Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid, uh, Austin Matthews, go right down the list, the Mark Andre Fleury, uh, if they all get vaccinated and people see their favorite superstar athletes that they buy their jerseys day in and day out, if they all see that they're getting the vaccine, who's going to say that they don't want to get a vaccine? If they realize how important it is for for one of those players to get it, that should eliminate a lot of fear for people uh, about the the value of being vaccinated. True, yeah. There's, there are some people that are hesitant, and I we we people were looking to like our po- political leaders that are, they got the the vaccine. People in the in the Congress and the people in the White House, they've all you know they get they get the vaccine, and they, and they look at them like the president and the vice president and, and looking to them getting vaccinated and saying it's okay, hoping that that'll motivate people to do that. So yeah, that could certainly, you know, maybe actors or actresses, you know, if they, they team up and they, they get it and they can get out there and, and take the vaccine and show that it's, it is, it is safe. It, um, it you know, you're not going to get sick from it and that, that would have motivated people to get it. And then, you, and so then to your point about getting the athletes, if they can turn that into something and say, you know your favorite athlete in in, in this sport is they're all getting vaccinated. Your favorite players for your favorite team, um, and look at that, and they can say they can say that they got vaccinated and that they were okay and everything. Then then that would hopefully get the rest of the population to have more confidence in in getting vaccinated, and and they want the push to get more people vaccinated because they feel that that would get us back to more normalcy sooner rather than later. So that that certainly would go along with what you're, uh, you're thinking. It feels. It feels- it feels so good to see you move to my direction and and get on my soapbox with me. Well, I was never totally against it. I just, it, I think, I think most of the people I think would are looking to, you know, priority people and looking at, you know, because one of the issues is how much vaccine is out there right now, and you know, some states are are getting short in their supply and is it getting rolled out fast enough? But you're also hearing stories of, of vaccine doses being wasted because of the way this, these vaccines have to be stored, and it's like exactly. So that that's another factor too, and and you hate to see. Guess who? Wasted. Guess who would not waste a vaccine? A professional app, professional uh, sports athlete. team. Right. They're so. not going to waste it, right? They're going to get. The, they're going to be able to tell the federal government or whoever is getting them the vaccine. They're going to be able to give them exact numbers of who they have to vaccinate. Uh, for the they first can get round, it done on X, round. and they can get it X done on X day or yes. days because and, and, you, yeah, you might no, not be able to because yeah. you might not have everybody do it the same day because if there are side effects, then it knocks down the whole team. So maybe you have half half the half the team one day or a quarter of the team one day, but you have to use those doses pretty pretty fast. So you may have to do it like all one day, but you know. Uh, once, some... once again, my friend. Once again, my friend. They have professionals there. They know That's what they're doing uh, in administrating them, and, and they can. You know, they can get those out there. And like I said, it, it knocks off so many things because is it not a fact that we want everybody in the United States of America, everybody in the world, if it's possible, to be vaccinated? So if you need them all vaccinated, why not start doing things that you can control instead of having these clusters around where people get them and then three weeks later, there's not enough vaccine for them to get their second round. So then you don't know if it's effective. Uh Take care of the athletes first and, and then take care of all of that so that you can move on. I'm not saying they deserve priority over anybody else. That's not the point. The point of it is, is that 
they're a group that you can do very easily in one spot, and you can also help the economy out because there's lost revenue. There's lost revenue in Arizona with the, the Coyotes not playing in Minnesota this weekend. There's been lost revenue in Vegas with teams not playing. So if you want to help the economy and help the virus and help the people, um, just get it done. Okay, I'm done with my well, soapbox. Do you, do you have anything really- left? Well, it'll be real interesting to see because we have uh, hockey. Of course, the NHL's already started. So I don't. But you look at uh, you look at Major League Baseball, which is going to be trying is going to be looking to to start up here soon, and this is going to be interesting for them because this is going to be their their second season where they're going to have to deal with COVID because the first season obviously started late. It was a shortened season. They played it with no fans, empty stadiums. They did the bubble for the playoffs. Well, now they're looking at starting the season on time. Right now, there was a little bit of. A, you know, there's a bit back and forth again about if they're going to delay the season or, or not. But uh, And then will the seasons even start with fans again or will some places still have to start with no fans? I mean, that's going to be going on the second season of that. And baseball lost a lot of money last year. So your idea about getting people vaccinated would be something that baseball could look at because they're, they could do it right now well, and- before spring training starts. And then a few weeks goes by, they get their second dose, they're all vaccinated. A couple weeks the season starts. There should be low risk of them getting sick, and then that would start push the push to get a baseball season going completely full. So you're not having to deal with two. I mean, the not having fans probably going to be a factor still as you go to this season. But but uh, it's going to be that would be a sport to look at to maybe see if they can do that because they haven't started their season yet. They're still getting ready to start spring training. Maybe in, whether it's real soon or maybe they push it back a few weeks, and then maybe well, by the season. The the final comment for me, Stephen, is this: is that that the people. Uh, the players and athletes are not contracting COVID, I don't believe, during the game. They're contracting it after the game, whether they're running to a hotel employee or a friend or somebody in a parking lot or somebody where they're eating. Uh, everybody that plays the game has been tested. And uh, other than this freak thing that happened in, at the Orleans last Saturday, um, the, COVID is out of that area, right? That that's They've been tested. They know they're not spreading it. It, it's the time that they spend away. So if you get them vaccinated, then they can actually have a quote unquote somewhat normal life. They can go home to their families. They can, when they're on the road, they can go eat dinner because they're quote unquote immune, you'd hope. So anyway, that that's my point. If you don't have anything else, I'll let you take the read away and we'll say goodnight with little Roger Klein and the Peacemakers, De Niro, when you're all done. Maryville University and, Maryville Saints Hockey has presented Club Hockey Southwest Weekly, also brought to you by Verizon, the 5G and 5G Ultra Band for business that America has been waiting for. Maryville University and Maryville Saints Hockey, come to Greater St. Louis and get a first-class education and a first-class hockey experience. Caesars Entertainment, wherever you're bound, there's bound to be a Caesars Resort across the U.S. or worldwide. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, Ultra smooth, Arizona owned. Go to MexicanMoonshine.com and try our original cocktail recipes. By OxyPal, visit our full line of natural cleaning products at OxyPal.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right here in Las Vegas, where it always seems like it takes you longer to decide what to eat than to actually eat it. By Summer Skates, doesn't matter what season, we still like to keep our drinks cold. Get your personalized koozies and shower shoes. Go to IceTimeHockeySW.com partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. 
The University of Arizona by M Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You, M Drive in the Morning, Relax at Night, our two step system for energy, stamina, recovery, and by Behind the Mask, In the Net, Up the Ice, or In Line, serving the Arizona hockey community and beyond since 1994. Maryville University and Maryville Hockey's Club Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app, available for download at Apple Podcasts, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by Maryville University and Maryville Hockey, is a part of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com network. Very well done, my friend. Stay safe up there. We will see you Saturday night, hopefully. Knock on wood, cross your fingers that the uh, Henderson Silver Knights find room for both of us. And we'll uh, watch some live hockey. In the meantime, I've got live hockey in front of me tomorrow, Stephen. Are you a little jealous? I got uh, the U.S. National Team Development Program and Arizona State in two exhibition games at Oceanside Ice Arena Thursday night and Friday night right here in Tempe, Arizona. Oh, great. That's wonderful. You're going to have that. And, of course, we... <laughs> I'm excited for you to have some, uh, yeah. some live hockey because it's been a while, I think, for you to see a, a live game, I think, probably. I haven't it? seen a live game in a year, I don't think. Yeah. Um, so we'll say good We'll say good night on that note. Uh, be safe, everybody, and tune in again Sunday night for the Reaction Show, College Hockey Southwest Live, our NCAA Reaction Show. Have a good night. Stay safe, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.